on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Microsoft Clarity is here to make site behavior clear. YouTube makes chapters easier to use and also tells you when it's time for Betty Buy. <laughs> Lots of new retail-friendly features of Pinterest to merchants are coming just in time for the holiday season. Get ready to stop, boppus, and roll into this holiday season. Got a Google Nest Hub? Great. You've got new features coming, but you've also got a problem, a you problem. <laughs> Plus, we had the first ever double take take of the week that pitted SEO versus PPC in an epic showdown of spice. And I don't mean sporty versus posh. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Mark Saltarelli. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on October 30th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. All right. And we are shepless this week, but we do have Mark and Jess. Jess, what's happening? Is extra spooky over there at your house or what? It's extra spooky for our YouTube viewers. You can see I've moved to my living room where I have this lovely paper mache pumpkin decor behind me and my uh, spooky orange mug. I will say we became those people this year. Never in our lives have we had any sort of seasonal giant inflatable in our yard. And we have taken the plunge. We have a 12 foot, they call it Renaissance Reaper but it's like a plague doctor. I think they just didn't want to say that due to, you know, pandemic oh. times, but he's awesome. He's purple. He's amazing. So yeah, we're those people, but we don't care. We have a kid now we can be fun. So I have those, it. the thing that projects up onto your house and it's oh. witches going Love up on the house. Mm -hmm. Love that. They're like yeah. flying around. But I don't know how you can be more fun than a plague reaper. <laughs> <laughs> He's right outside. The most fun Jack's thing I've heard too. of. Yeah. <laughs> he watches over the baby at night. <laughs> and Mark, what's happened with you? Do you have any plague reapers by your house or what? I don't, but I do have some fun Halloween updates. My roommate and I decided that we were going to watch all of the Children of the Corn movies this October. Mm -hmm. There are 11 and soon to be 12. And I can assure you that Stephen King had nothing to do with any of these movies. <laughs> the first one, it's first of all, it's a short story. It's not even a full book. And they take a lot of liberties. The, the third one, they're in Chicago growing corn in an abandoned factory. And there's this guy who's like an international corn salesman. <laughs> and then by like the eighth movie, there are neither children nor corn. There's... <laughs> There are that, entire movies without children or corn. Did they at it least get the, the music from the band corn or no? That's how you do it. That stays in the city of Tonawanda. 
All right. And in case you're not watching over on YouTube, we are actually wearing Halloween costumes today. Can anybody guess what we are? In case you saw any of the hearings with the big tech giants, Mark and his beard, Sundar Pichai, me, my finest little gray hoodie. I'm Mark Zuckerberg. And Jess, with your nose ring, Jack Dorsey. Did you guys oh, see the picture? It looked nice. like Jack. It looked like Jack yeah, Dorsey just got off of like a like a six month getaway. Like a, a he looked like a hermit in those pictures, but he oh, didn't have a nose like ring. So. Scraggly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like he always looks like that. Uh, this was egregious. Uh, this was egregious. But his Are nose you ring was that shiny. I look like a hermit. No, you had a nose ring. Yes. You look exactly at this. And the first saying. the first thing you see is like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Josh. You wouldn't think that. Like I just like, wow, that's a nice nose ring. That's what I looked at. So anyway, okay. anyway, you can see us over on Search Engine Journal channel on YouTube. And if you have a grievance to air or a spicy take to share, anything you want to get off your chest, our phone lines are now open. You can call in. It is call.marketingoclock.com. Leave us a message and you might just hear your voice on the show next week. And of course, we have to talk about the SEJE Summit. It is going to be the event of the year, January 12th to the 13th. We'll be there. Mark, you're moderating. I'm moderating. And we now know what our Marketing Clock show will be about. It is exclusive to the eSummit. It's the only place you're going to be able to see it. We're not putting it out on the podcast. And it is going to be on the main show the biggest 2020 digital ad shakeups and setting yourself up for success in 2021. And here's the description. 2020 featured quite a few plot twists in the world of digital advertising. And the pandemic was only the beginning. The marketing clock team will discuss and rant quite a bit about all the 2020 ad platform changes that have them rolling their eyes. They'll also review new features and tools that have them feeling more optimistic for 2021. You'll learn creative strategies for dealing with the bad and embracing the good in your accounts. And you can get a ticket to the summit for only $75 if you sign up by today, the 30th of October. So get those tickets. And I said, I give away a ticket. Nobody asked for a ticket. So we'll put something out. And if you retweet it or something, uh, we'll send you money as long as you can show that you have a ticket. And then you just have to tell us you're coming to the main stage to hear about 2020 ad shakeups. All right. And Jess, who's our sponsor this week? Today's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Upfluence. With Upfluence's all-in-one platform, marketers can streamline their influencer marketing campaigns and scale their influencer program in no time. Build influencer lists and contact them at scale. Keep track of all your collaborations and measure your campaign results all in a single platform. Start streamlining your influencer marketing campaigns today. Go to get.upfluence.com forward slash SEJ to get started. That's get upfluence.com forward slash sej to get started today we'll talk about more how upfluence works a little bit later on and why you cannot market without it later in the show what is in the news jess all right let's start off with some hot news by way of the microsoft advertising twitter account they tweeted megaphone emoji now generally available microsoft clarity is a hashtag free to use hashtag analytics product built to help website managers improve their website experiences by better understanding site visitor behavior what are you waiting for learn how to sign up now can i interrupt you here quick yeah that is a terrible cta <laughs> learn what are you waiting for? how oh, to yeah. sign up now can this be like sign up now no, you have to learn first. I look at that and I'm like, this 
I want to learn about the product. I don't want to learn about how to sign up for the product. I just, bad CTA, Microsoft. Yeah. And then the other thing too is, and, and their link shortener, I look at it quick and I see misfit. I know it's Microsoft.it, <laughs> but every time I look at it, I'm like, is this spam? Am I going to some misfit site out there? So it gets really cool. Mm-hmm. Don't hate on me for this, but overall, I thought they could have tweeted a little better there. They definitely could. I even had that in my notes. Like the tweet in general way undersells what Clarity is about. I read it and I was like, cool, an alternative to Google Analytics. Good for you, Microsoft. That's not what it is. It's not what it is yeah. at all. They could have brought some more clarity to that tweet. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mark. I'm not going to be the only one making terrible puns. That one was good, though. Not obvious at all. So (laughs) (laughs) let's bring some more clarity then to our listeners and talk about what clarity is about. There's three main components. Heat maps, which you don't see those in GA right? Session recording capabilities. There's kind of a GA, but but not as good. You can, you can see like really trash heat maps in GA because it goes off of clicks. It doesn't go off of actual recordings. It goes off of where somebody's on the page and then what the next page was, but you can kind of turn to a heat map, but you shouldn't use that ever because it's just so fake and wrong. And if you've got two links that go to the same page, they have the same percentage and the same map thing. So you can sort of see heat maps in GA, but they're not nearly as good as this. No, it's useless. I don't even consider them. Um, Session recording capabilities, which you also don't see in GA. And then the third thing that Clarity has is an insights dashboard. And that has some of the usual suspects like sessions, device breakdown, bounce rate. But they also have really cool metrics like JavaScript errors and rage clicks, which like rage clicks. How many times have you tried to click on something that's not clickable on a site and you just click it so hard? Like they're going to hear me. They're going to know I clicked on this. Like Prayers answered. Clarity has this metric. It's awesome. I love it. And the GIF, you'll be able to see it if you're on YouTube. The person like tries to click on pizza and they can't go anywhere. And then they try to click on like the shares and it doesn't go anywhere. And you can see it turning red. And then they click on prints. And it's like, that's your rage click. You're trying to print something. But I'm trying to print, print pizza. Yeah. It's cool though. Like it, it turns red as like the faster the click. So yeah. I thought that was pretty ingenious. It's really cool. And we're joking about it, but that's a really, really useful thing to know about your website. If you're frustrating people, you want to know that, right? Because things might be obvious to you and they're not obvious to your users. There's also a quick back metric, which highlights when a user hits a page and quickly returns to the previous page. That's really cool. And there's a whole lot more. I'd say you could try before you can buy, but it's a free tool. You don't have to buy it. So like play before you don't pay or cruise before you use, whatever you want to say, we'll go with cruise before you use. There's a live interactive demo if you're afraid of signing up for this free tool, which you can learn how to do if you click the link in the tweet. But you just (laughs) (laughs) go to clarity.microsoft.com, play with the demo. This is really, really sweet. I love it. I have no negative things to say, having not used it, but played with the demo. It's awesome. Next up here, YouTube is adding new viewing options, including improved chapters and simpler format switching. We talked a lot about YouTube over the past few months, but before YouTube stories, before YouTube was going to be the next Amazon back in May, YouTube rolled out something actually useful, chapters. Uh, And this week, YouTube is making some welcomed adjustments to those chapters. On the YouTube app, you will now be able to click into the chapters and see a full visual list 
of the chapters in question. The example they had was a video about meme culture, or I guess that was one of the chapters. And you can see what each one of the chapters, is like a sneak preview of what the different chapters are. And so for here, we have main news, we have our lightning round and, and, and so on and so forth. And if you miss something or want to go back, you can go through and actually see like the sneak peek of those chapters. So this is pretty awesome. And according to YouTube, they said, you'll be able to see a complete list of all chapters included in the video you're watching, each with a preview thumbnail of what you'll find in that chapter. Save time by quickly jumping to the part you're interested in. And again, you can see us doing that live over in Search Engine Journal on the YouTube channel. And they also had some other kind of minor updates to YouTube. One thing that you could do now is see closed captions on the app in a much more prominent location. So it's going to be up and to the right on all of the videos that you watch. Another thing, if you're super lazy and you don't want to rotate your phone horizontally, now, Jess, we already know that you don't do that. You like watching things <laughs> vertically. You... I don't want to have to move my wrist. <laughs> well, it's very strenuous. Is... You've got carpal tunnel. Right? Yes. Turning your wrist. Well, you might get finger tunnel, but you can swipe <laughs> up with your finger and it will automatically go that way to go sideways for you. You don't have to rotate your phone. So if you really wanted to save an extra calorie there, you can just swipe it up instead of rotating over, but you're gonna have to rotate it over anyway. That's what I don't get about it. Yeah. Then it's going to be super small if you don't, which like, then you got to move your neck to look in closer. Nobody wants to do that either. But Jess, you watch your YouTube videos in upright phone position, correct? I do. Yes. And you're the only person I've ever met that does that. Mark, Guilty you don't do charged. that, correct? No. Like a, you're like a, a human <laughs> being and turn it over. I wouldn't say I'm a human being, but I turn it over. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Fair Jess. Enough. We love you. It's okay. I admit it. That's, you know, it's who I am. And so one of the last things here, because us all adults become less and less adulty, YouTube has recently rolled out bedtime reminders. So if it's past your little Betty buy, you can get a <laughs> reminder from YouTube to stop looking at epic fail videos and go to bed. The only problem is you can dismiss or snooze it. So, I mean, who cares? Aren't you just going to hit snooze, dismiss? Do you guys, are you snooze? Do you hit the snooze button at all? How do you, Constantly. how do you operate? I normally hit kidding? the snooze button in my sleep. Yeah. Really? So you don't know you're doing it? No, oh. it's bad. Wow. But you, at least you actually hit it. Well, that way. What if your body so didn't just, do that? Yeah. I had to start setting like five alarms. <laughs> That's what I do. I don't even hit snooze. I just know that my next alarm is coming. <laughs> I used to be really bad at that. Somehow I've gotten better with kids because I just am now programmed. But at one mm -hmm. time I bought one of those alarms that you like load in and it's got like a thing that winds a propeller up. And when the alarm goes off, it would shoot the propeller thing up and it lands somewhere random in your room. You'd have to find the propeller piece and put it back into the alarm clock in order to turn it off. Oh my God. Wow. It only worked gonna, twice and it broke. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> one of my roommates in college had one that was on wheels. So like when it, it would be like, you'd set it and be like next to your bed. And then the alarm went off. It would like wheel around the room, like a yeah. race car. You'd have to chase it. That this one was, amazing. this one was the worst like engineered thing in the world though. But it, I actually thought of some other ideas. These are like not poke holes because they've already been then presented. But like, you know how you, for a while and maybe the, the 2000s, the, um, 
you could get the belt that would shock your belly and you'd have abs instantly. Like it would just give you abs basically. Oh, I get Instagram ads for that now. I was thinking about that, but for an alarm clock where you just get shocked out of bed. That's not so nice that's to your bed. Self-inflicted torture. Yeah. But you'd be awake. Like getting up hurts enough. I don't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's I, next, Mark? We'll consider that <laughs> holes poked. Yikes. Let's <laughs> definitely move on to that. And we can spread some holiday cheer to get over that torture device with Adobe's 2020 online holiday shopping predictions because they're here. And Giselle Abramovich from Adobe Newsroom is here to share some news. But before I dive into her news, I really just want to applaud her because this came out in October a couple days ago and she's wearing a skull sweater in the video. And I am want to give her kudos for keeping the Halloween spirit alive and not being one of those insane people who is putting out Christmas decorations right now. It is too early put it away. It is Halloween, then Thanksgiving, and then you can do whatever you want. Jess, so, you- thank you. Giselle. <laughs> are you going to put a little Santa cap on your Reaper in, in November or what? We should totally just leave him up. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Mark, I want to just ask you quick here. You can see over on YouTube, Giselle has a very spooky skull shirt. Do you think that Jess owns a shirt, the same exact shirt or not? I was thinking this is something Jess went on. So let's say yes. I'm going to say yes. Jess, do you own this same sweater Giselle's wearing? I don't, but I really want it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like I watched the video that's in the article and I was like, wow, Jess is going to love this. I really love it. I would do like, I want it to be inverse though. I want black sweater with lighter colored skulls. And then she and I can stand next to each other. We'd be like the Olsen twins. <laughs> You know, when they used to wear like inverted clothes. <laughs> no, that is, I was going to say like, I agree with that. And then you just took it to another level by bringing the Olsen twins in it. That is fantastic. But <laughs> let's go back to the news now. But Adobe's predictions are based on over 1 trillion web visits that were analyzed by, you guessed it, Adobe Analytics. And a survey of more than 1,000 U.S. adult consumers, and they were able to use these to make predictions for the 2020 holiday season. So I pulled five big takeaways from this report for us to discuss on Marketing O'Clock, and I saved Greg's favorite for last. First, um, a lot of these are going to be really obvious with everything going on with the pandemic. But the first one is that um, COVID-19 will drive much more online holiday spend. And it's estimated it'll reach $189 billion, possibly $200 billion, And that would be a 33% increase over last year. One of the really big changes is that up next is that Black Friday is estimated to reach $10 billion in online sales. That's up 25% from last year, which was $8 billion. And that pretty much means that with this decrease in in-store shopping due to COVID, that Black Friday will be just as important for online as Cyber Monday is. It'll, it's going to be like a 49-51% split, which is 
crazy. So that's going to be a big weekend for everyone in e-commerce. Next, mobile shopping is continuing to expand with a huge 42% projected increase in shopping from smartphones, which will be about $28 billion more than was spent on smartphones in 2019. Additionally, um, as consumers are increasing their online shopping during COVID, search is becoming increasingly important to that buying process with trying to find the right gift online. So that's expected to increase 9% this year, and that's going to be about 46.5% of total um, holiday shopping revenue for the year, or total online shopping revenue, rather. And Greg's favorite, I know this is your favorite word, I might be overhyping this a little bit, but Bopus. <laughs> Love it. Bopus. Bop it. Bop it. Bopus. Bopus. Buy online, pick up in store, as we all know, has become increasingly popular due to COVID. And it's actually expected to account for about 31% of online holiday spend. So that is really cool. I bought this yesterday. What did you bought this? Um, like Halloween treats for Jack's class. There, there's only five babies, oh, so ti- I got time sensitive. Bopus. Yeah, time sensitive bopus. I got little like board books for the kiddos. Yeah. See, I don't get when you've got the luxury of time, and it's like Black Friday, and you've got a good long time before the holidays come. Why would you bopus? Just deliver it to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. I've ever bopist. Well, is bopist the same as curbside? Because I did curbside pickup at Target. I don't know if that's the same. I think that's the same. Yeah, that's like bopus. it's not deliver. You're going there to get it. Yeah, I'm just not going in. But like the interesting thing that I didn't get is the article said a lot of people who do bopist still go into the store and buy more things. Like, why are you doing that? that I don't understand dumb. how people shop. It. Like, what do you do? What do you do? You go get your other stuff first and then go to the counter, or do you go get to the counter first and then you take it with you? And then people think you stole it. There's a lot of problems with that. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Huh. It should be Bopus to just buy online, pick up in store, then go inside. Bopus to (laughs) juice. I think so. I think that works out. I I think we should put a a pin in that. (laughs) Nice segue into my story, Mark. Thank you. So speaking of pins, we have new tools and features from Pinterest. And as Shep would say that everyone says, I have to say it because she's not here. Just in time for the holidays. No, it's just in time for the holiday season. That's Shep. That's Shep. Oh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Just in time for the holiday season. But (laughs) (laughs) it's not even true because according to Pinterest themselves, searching for Christmas gift ideas spiked back in April. So this is actually really late according to that math. Yeah. That's wrong. Check the article. That's what they say. I can check the article. I I understand (laughs) The article says that that is not right. Get the bopus out of here. <laughs> anyway, whether they're early, late, or just in time, they're here now. And like every gift, it's the thought that counts. So the updates that Pinterest is blessing us with are as follows. Lots of goodies for merchants here. 
To help promote discovery, Pinterest will surface recommended merchants with shopping-related queries. There's also an updated merchant profile that has a more storefronty look and feel with featured products and recommendations specific to that retailer. There's a new product tagging tool that allows merchants to tag their products in their own images so users can very easily go from admiring a shoe to ordering one for their own foot, which is nice. Uh, there's also updates to the catalog interface that will make it faster and simpler to upload products and create shopping ads. They will also be able to add video assets and create collections ads, which is a new ad unit that allows for multiple images in the same ad, which is really cool. And Pinterest is also introducing automatic bidding for shopping campaigns, as well as updated conversion analytics. So merchants can dive into things like time to conversion and how it varies based on the type of interaction with their pins. So lots of really, really useful stuff for merchants. And I think we should have just made a drinking game out of how many times you say the word merchant, you take a shot. I don't really know what else to say. Like, I guess I could have consulted a thesaurus, but I did not. Did you guys? I'm just confused why we're buying one shoe just well, for one foot. Ideally, it comes in a pair. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. You ever see, like, it's like in the picture, they're trying to be high fashion and they just show, like, one foot taking, you know, taking a step and they're highlighting the shoe. No, I guess. You guys, don't sit there. I who's, don't know. who's to say? I don't know. The shoes on the other foot. We'll find out. <laughs> I don't even get the jokes I'm making. I had a good thesaurus joke, though. You guys want to hear it? <laughs> yes. No. Okay. Yeah, I do. All right. What's another word for an aching dino? Uh, stegosaurus. <laughs> the saurus. <laughs> Get it? Because it's another word. It's a synonym. It's a thesaurus. I made that up. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell it's made up. Whatever. Go buy one shoe on Pinterest. Leave me alone. (laughs) Buying it on YouTube. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right. And this is the first ever here on Marketing O'Clock Double Take, where we have two takes from one thread and you two get to decide the winner. So Ginny Marvin over on Twitter had talked about some trouble in an account. And I responded a little bit ranty, but it wasn't really rants. It was more... uh, symphony of ideas let's say that i put out there and, like that and nice try, hey, stole it from kanye but whatever anyway <laughs> so jenny was responding as to why there was such a problem in the account itself and she said in this particular case i can tell that the person tried to go through all of the right steps the biggest downfall among many was i can tell they used keyword planner some were okay words all imported as broad and the queries they matched to were unbelievably bad. Optimization score was like 97%. So then Ed Leak, at Ed Leak on Twitter, came through and said, clearly it was at last 3% that failed them. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one response in this epic tweet thread. And Kirk Williams, at PPC Kirk, who's got a book out. Um, we talked about last week. We'll put it up over on YouTube right now. I forget the the link. You can just Google it. Kirk Williams, Amazon, PPC book, and you can order it. It's probably, it comes out, I think, the 30th. So it comes out today. 
Um, and then, so Kirk had responded to something about, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll just go through Kirk's tweet here and read it in full. By the way, off topic, but in anti-agency plays, we had a Google rep tell major brand this week, they need to entirely transition our incredibly successful shopping strategy over to SSC four weeks before Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Unbelievable. I tactfully but purposely called out the rep on the email. Everybody got up into a frenzy about that, but Barry Schwartz came in and said, forget ads, just do organic. To which I said, that'll go over well for those in need performance. Do you like zero-click searches? Let me introduce you to passages. Get all your info right on Google. No click required or needed. People see your content, but stay on Google. I kid, I kid. And then Barry came back with another take, the double take here. He says, just because you can't find organic results in Google search anymore doesn't mean you should knock on SEOs. All right. So who wins the double take? Barry Schwartz with you can't find organic search <laughs> results in Google search anymore, or ad leak, clearly the last 3% failed. Mark, your thoughts. I feel like I have to go for the last 3%. All right. And Jess? I like math, so I, I want but that's just so sassy that you can't find organic results in Google search. I, you know what? Make it a tie. Give it to Barry. All right. Well, I'm the tiebreaker and I give it to Barry. I'm giving it to Barry. Barry wins it. That was epic because I've just never seen him <laughs> say that before. <laughs> I was actually laughing out loud when I said, just when he said, just because you can't find organic results in Google search anymore, I was dying. So Barry, you win tiebreaker. And now it's time for this week's I see why am I, this is just something you might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked but you shouldn't have. I see why am I from Adam Reamer at rollerblader on Twitter. Great handle. Kudos Great to handle. you for, for <laughs> snagging that one. Was that it? Was that the full I see why am I? <laughs> <laughs> but it should be. <laughs> nice. Someone asked me to define canonical tag, but make it sassy. Me. You know that who shows up to the pride parade prep party in glitter and spread glitter to everyone. So glitter appears in all rooms and on all guests. Yeah. The canonical is pointing the finger at her the first. And then there's a nice gif of RuPaul spraying pink glitter everywhere. And that's all that you see. And yeah, that's, that's a take. That was good. And Adam had a whole bunch of other takes within that thread. If you want, head on over to Marketing Clock, check out the show notes. But yeah, that's I think that's the best way I've ever heard a canonical tag described. In we my should life. just use it in our training here at Cypress North. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, read this. <laughs> the person that threw the glitter. <laughs> but but spreading glitter like stresses me out so much. Too many times in my life, there's been glitter everywhere. Not fun to clean. It's, it's scary. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Upfluence. Upfluence's all-in-one influencer marketing platform helps marketers streamline their campaigns and take them to the next level. Greg, why do you love Upfluence? I love Upfluence because 
to, to us, somebody that traditionally didn't do influencer marketing, it, it's a scary thought how you're going to do it, how you're going to staff up, how much effort it's going to take. One of the key components that you can filter when using Upfluence is looking at all the key metrics you're, you're going after, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever that is, but you can filter in and see who has email addresses. And that's a key component because if they have email addresses with their accounts, it opens up a whole new world. It's straight Aladdin style for you with this. <laughs> you can then choose which one of those accounts you want to try to initiate contact with and Upfluence using those email addresses can send out those requests for you. And it keeps track of everything for you. It is like your own little project management tool saying, here are the responses that came from this influencer and this email address. Here's where we are in the process. But I had no idea that a tool could go through and find out what email, what accounts had email addresses. And I just think that is the absolute smartest thing. And for the price of this tool, you should get a demo today and see it on your own. I guarantee that you won't be disappointed with what Upfluence can do for you. Absolutely. And if you want to start scaling your influencer marketing campaigns today, head on over to get.upfluence.com slash SEJ to learn more. First up in paid, spotted by Greg of the Year at PPC Greg on Twitter. Do we know he's Greg of the Year yet? <laughs> I mean, yet. who else is running? That's Greg. true. <laughs> Greg Gerbo. <laughs> okay, I shouldn't say he is, but he is far in the lead at this point. I'm. I know we shouldn't be calling anything yet until after the nomination process. Um, but yeah. Uh, Google advertisers received a notification this week that manual CPC and maximize clicks are changing to get you more clicks in display campaigns. And personally, whenever Google says more clicks, I get pretty worried. I was super confused by what this meant, so I did some investigation. And basically, Google is phasing out smart pricing, which adjust how much a click costs based on the quality of the website your ad placement is on. And okay, that's do what you want, but I do not understand how that gets us more clicks. If anything, I think it makes the clicks cost more. It's just like removing that from the auction process. So I'm just like, I'm going to get less clicks for my budget. I might get more clicks as a whole, but it, they're going to cost more. So I say here, lame move Google. But luckily, that's not the only update from the Prodigal ad platform this week. <laughs> Google also announced some new features and alerts to help set up your campaigns for success, which I think we need some help, Google, because of what you've been doing up there. First, if your campaign has any critical issues, you'll now receive an alert while setting it up, i.e. things like invalid URLs or location overlap. And this, I think, is great. There's nothing more annoying than launching a new campaign and then having to deal with your client getting a bunch of emails that ads are disapproved due to the destination not working. Like, that saves a lot of embarrassment and confusion. So I think that's great. Next, 
draft campaigns will now save your progress automatically, making it easier to pick up where you left off. Very cool. And lastly, you can now create campaigns and manage ad disapprovals from the overview page of Google Ads. These new features are nice, um, but it'd be really cool if they came out with some sort of tool that showed you what search terms your ads showed for. I think that's a really <laughs> great idea, so you should consider that one. I think they had that before. Totally. Oh, before. interesting. <laughs> it's like if they have a bill, I don't know why they just wouldn't roll it out. Also, if Whatever. you're new to the show, we put out a petition maybe about a month ago, and we have like 4,000 advertisers that have signed the thing. We're almost at 5,000, I think. So we'll put it in the show notes if you want to say something to Google. We reached out to Google and we still have not heard back yet. <laughs> Are you surprised? I'm not. No. But you know it is a surprise? We have a familiar face in the paid news this week from hey. our very own Greg Finn. Greg of the Greg year? Finn on Twitter. Is, this, is he throwing his hat in the ring for Greg of the Year? <laughs> no, I'll give that to Sterling Jarbo or PPC. Those Gregs can have it. Oh, that's very kind of you. So this is hot off the presses from the Cypress North blog. How to see audience performance across campaigns with Google Ads reports. Basically, Google Ads makes it really easy to see how audiences are performing at the campaign or the ad group level, but there's no easy way to view performance across different campaigns in the account within the Google Ads web editor. Luckily, we have Greg here, who is an expert, and he knows how you can easily pull cross-campaign information from Google Ads online reports for analysis. So if you want to learn how to do that, check out the article in our show notes, and Greg will break it down step-by-step step for you. And Shep and I launched that thing at, like 11, at maybe 10, 10 o'clock Eastern yesterday. Show there, there's animated GIF showing how it works, showing how you make these reports, showing how you can combine everything. As long as you don't put cam campaigns in there, you can see everything across the entire account. And then two hours later, they change the entire report's layout. So <laughs> it all is going to look different. We're going to have to remake all the graphics, we have to remake the GIFs. But I think it's just somebody out of Google that, that is after me personally. That's at least what mm. I like to think. Wow, that's so rude. So rude. They must have seen the petition and didn't respond. That's their response. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that they, they knew. They, they saw knew. the article published. <laughs> we'll show him. He's going to have to remake GIFs. Because <laughs> 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 Google understands what's really important. And she might not be here on the blower, but she is here on the news. Spotted in the wild world of Google Ads, our very own Shep at Shep Zernheld on Twitter. Noticed a new option for longer headlines in Google Ads automated extensions. That sounded good till the automated part. Yeah. That's usually how anything <laughs> in Google goes. <laughs> These are probably enabled in your accounts if you haven't seen them before. I'd love the opportunity for more characters while controlling messaging, but... Oh, well. <laughs> and if you're unaware, these scary new automated extensions are basically the longer ad headline combines your first description line with its headline separated by a hyphen when the first description is clearly a complete sentence or phrase. So if you don't want this, make sure you go into your ad extension settings and turn it off because automation is not always the answer. 
It's usually not in Google Ads case. No. (laughs) If it it says smart, it's probably not. Smart's just broad match for dumb. (laughs) That took me a second, but that put that in a shirt. (laughs) Next up from Barry Schwartz of SEO Roundtable at Rusty Brick on Twitter. Google is changing its political ads policy to restrict ads throughout after election day and then ads that claim the outcomes of the elections. And I think this is actually a great move on Google's part. I'm actually, this is something I can get behind today with Google ads. I think it'll be so important when you think about how many people are doing mail-in voting and that races are going to be called late. So it's really good to not let politicians be claiming that they won an election if it hasn't been called yet. I think that is very responsible of them, especially now when they're just like grabbing at money that they will say no to that ad money and not let those ads happen. Last up in paid from Gillard Edelman at Wired. Prop 24 is looking like it is about to pass in California. Um, making the CCPA Act stronger, but surprisingly, not all privacy advocates um, actually are for it. There are some that opposed it. One of the people who's a big uh, opposition to it is actually one of the people who helped push CCPA first um, through in the first place. But if you're not familiar with Prop 24, basically this will allow consumers to direct businesses to not share their personal information, Um, remove the time period in which businesses can fix violations before being penalized and create the privacy protection agency to enforce states consumer data privacy laws. And those things are all great, but really where people are worried is that those new things they're adding that are good don't outweigh this one really bad thing that is creating a loophole that not really a loophole, just creating opportunity for businesses to charge people more if they opt out of sharing their data. And it's creating a new thing that they're calling pay for privacy and making privacy a luxury. And they're worried about people, the people who need data privacy are oftentimes going through economic struggles. So to make those people have to pay for that is really unethical so a lot of people are worried does like the good that we're doing with this outweigh the bad and it's really creating an interesting discussion it's a really great article from edelman so if you have time go in the show notes and read it it's really interesting takes you through the whole journey of ccpa that sounds fantastic i'll put that on there should be something that can like read that article out right when the youtube uh, bedtime message comes on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> little bedtime story <laughs> might give you nightmares though. <laughs> <laughs> and now for our segment beyond google ads because google doesn't care about you we do this week i'd like to talk about a network that i use a lot for my b2b SaaS clients and it's called captera and basically it is if you don't know what it is it is a review site that has different directories for different B2B SaaS softwares. So they'll have categories such as like accounting software and you bid in a way like paid search where you set a bid for your profile. And um, that's the only ranking factor. So if you pay that bid, you are in the 
height in the category that that bid would warrant. And you just pay for traffic to your landing page for that bid. And one tip I wanted to share out this week is that for larger directories, Captera will make a separate landing page that has only the top 10 people in that category and send paid search traffic to that. So Captera historically has been really great for their ability to rank for broad software terms to drive quality organic traffic. And now they're adding some paid traffic into the mix for these top 10 players. The problem is, is that for some more niche softwares, you'll be in a broad category that doesn't match you perfectly. And if you find yourself in the top 10, you will be getting that paid traffic that will not be very qualified for what you offer. And you're gonna end up blowing through your budget super quickly and getting really unqualified leads for your product. So make sure if you're using Captera that you're hyper aware of where you are ranking and keep an eye out for any unqualified traffic there. So that's it for paid. Greg, what's up in organic this week? Well, I've got a lot to talk about here in organic this week, starting with Cloudflare, who is introducing bot analytics. And it's something that they're calling bot management, a tool that can detect and block unwanted bots, but they've got a whole suite of reporting that goes along with this. And it's really nice looking. You'll see some of the GIFs if you're on YouTube right now, but you can see different firewall events, some of the requests by score of the bots, uh, whether or not it's an automated bot or maybe it's a human. It's a really cool feature and you can check it out if you use Cloudflare and you are at the enterprise level. And again, you want to go to bot management to see those bot analytics. All right. And next up from Ben Fisher over on Steady Demand, he spotted a support case feature in the Google My Business uh, side of things. And he says, the implications of this could be amazing for those who are waiting on Google My Business reinstatements general contacting of GMB for support, and those who wonder what has happened to a GMB spam redressal that was submitted. And we talked about this a while ago at kind of early COVID times where Google got rid of a lot of the Google My Business support. And it wasn't actually due to the pandemic. It was due to the fact they didn't care about advertisers anymore, or I guess local marketers anymore <laughs> or local companies. But this is really nice. If you have support cases, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for this. I don't see a, a bad case for it. All right. And next up from Tressa Wolf over Tressa underscore Wolf on Twitter. She has saw in the wild something we've talked about where the publishers and Google have worked together uh, to make that Google News Showcase. And she's only seen that in Google News up until this week. And this week she found a story in Discover that was shown because it was selected for a Google News Showcase by editors at T-Online. So we talked about the fact that Google was going to try to help some of these publishers and share some of the revenue splits, and it's making its way down to Discover. We are planning on doing a little deeper dive onto some Discover content in the Future, I wouldn't say near future, but pretty cool to see this in action and Google continuing the push on Discover. 
All right. Next up from our favorite Brody at Brody SEO, Brody Clark. He saw something abnormal with some of the bolded items in Google featured snippets. He says there's often more than meets the eye. And he is seeing a transformation, one might say, about what is actually bolded, where typically you perform a search query and what will be bolded in the search engine results pages is that query. But Brody was seeing something like on a search for best Bluetooth earphones, the Apple iPods Pro was the bolded term. And he wrote a whole post about it, talking about how that might actually show that the intent of that query could be matched and how you could use some of these bolded items. A little bit out there, but again, sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire, and I've seen crazier conspiracy theories in my life. This is like... The, uh, the AirPods are bolded, but it's in a list and they're not number one and none of the other ones are bolded. You should I wonder if they like know you're an Apple user. <laughs> I don't know. You should read the rest of the article because he's got a whole bunch of examples of when things are bolded that is not matching the query yeah. and what that might be and why that might be a hint for relevance to gain a featured snippet and how you can optimize for it. Again, it's, 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 it's not a factual thing. It's just Brody's findings there. So I appreciate it. And then from John Shihada and Newsdash, he put together, Newsdash is a a tool that can look at a bunch of news sources. And he took a look at the percentage of coverage from the elections of 2020. And this is just something, it's not really news, but if you're a search nerd, it's fascinating fascinating information where you can look at the different sources and see what is getting the most coverage, uh, what time of, you know, what, what specific date that coverage is happening. And it's just a really cool tool out there. Probably should have been a cool tool, but I guess you can't really use it. So it's more just for, if you are a total search geek out there, check it out over in the show notes at marketingoclock.com. And then lastly, from nine to five, Google, the Google Nest Hub and Smart Displays, any of those Nest Google Nest Smart Displays, they're getting a UI redesign and there's a video out over at 9to5Google. This looks like a pretty awesome update, to be honest with you. So if there's new neat tricks and there were some latent features from the original Nest Hub that have been activated or fine-tuned, which is kind of scary. I forget if it was the the uh, Nest Aware or the Nest. One of those didn't say that they had voice technology on it. We'll link it in the show notes and then had voice technology on it and it's kind of creepy. Um, so I don't like the, the latent feature aspect of it, but the display on these smart devices are better. There's a tabbed view. It's really media focused. So you can see more visual content. There's a dark mode, your daily schedule is better. And there's all those new fancy Google icons that they've rolled out that all look the same. So (laughs) if you want to check it out, you have to try the new preview program. And again, it's over on the link to 9to5Google and the show notes at marketingclock.com. And I'm just going to relate this to my kids for a minute because I got rid of all the Google devices in my house after seeing the way they behave in general. And so my daughter was complaining about the fact that she said, why does it take me so long to eat my broccoli? And my son responded to her, it's not a broccoli problem. It's a you problem. 
So nice. if wow. you've got smart Google smart device in your home, they might look better. And it's a you problem. What's in social, Jess? <laughs> All right. First up in social this week, if you have ever found yourself at 59 minutes and 59 seconds of an Instagram live stream and just wishing you could sell your soul for three more hours, good news for you. No, Jess, the I've, devil. <laughs> I have that problem all the time. I know you do. You I know. I'm really always long IG live in all the time. <laughs> you, have, you have the best streams, the most fans. <laughs> well, Greg, then you will be excited. And no, it doesn't mean that the devil is here to take you up on that deal. Instagram is extending their live stream limit from one to four hours. Great. So this raise limit is rolling out to all accounts that are in good standing. So yes, Greg, you can have this too. And there is no blood oath required. What's more, the platform has also announced that creators will soon be able to archive their live streams for up to 30 days, providing somewhat of a safety net for those who forget to download their video after a live stream or heaven forbid their stream crashes, which it just might if you're doing like four, a four hour yoga class and hoping that people are still watching my crash on you, you got it archived. You're good. I'm worried that people are seizing up. You're, you're four hours. You're dehydrated. Four hour yoga class. What is happening? It's, I mean, I don't know. What else do you do on Instagram live for that? I, I was thinking about it. Like maybe it's a sports game and you're illegally taping a sports game and you're mm. live streaming it to everybody. What else are you doing for four hours? That would put you in not good standing though. Right. So then you don't get this feature. <laughs> I don't know. I would watch you in your forge for four hours. If you just had it on while you were out there working, that might be cool. That would not be cool. Mm-hmm. It would be, be hot. so be sad. I think it'd be good for zoos. Like the San Diego <laughs> zoo. <laughs> what a, they could go live. <laughs> but why do you need Instagram? Don't you, they already have cameras and stuff? Like you're just going to hit restart on the Instagram all the time? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't the, like the penguins might not want to be live all the time. Who knows? Fun fact from this article too. They talked about the limit on Facebook. If you're on a desktop, it's actually eight hours. So <laughs> there, you can have all the penguins you want with that kind of stuff. Start recording our work days. Here, <laughs> live. Me at the desk. No, that's what LinkedIn Live is for. Oh. Moving on from long to short form content, TikTok has announced a new partnership with Shopify that will empower merchants to better leverage TikTok's business services. So among other convenient features, folks will be able to create and run TikTok ad campaigns from within their Shopify dashboard, which is really interesting. If you are at all interested in that, you should check out the link in the show notes for more info. They are offering a $300 ad credit to eligible merchants to help them get started. So if this is for you, check it out. But I want to talk about something from TikTok's announcement, because this is, this is a quote in a recent study, 88% of TikTok users said that they discover new content that they enjoy while using the app End quote, like, I hope so. And what are those (laughs) other 12% of people still doing on your platform? If they're not finding things that they like, like who are these masochists that are just sitting there watching videos they don't enjoy? It's literally me. I was talking to Mark about it earlier. I couldn't sleep last night and I started watching a TikTok with a guy dancing with a deer. And I'm like, what am I doing? You what didn't am I doing? No, I was on Reddit <laughs> and I found some video of a guy and a deer dancing. And I'm like, then, I, then I'm like, is this TikTok? And I'm like, yeah, it's TikTok. It's dancing and hopscotch. And that's just like adults doing the least adult stuff possible. Mm. 
Perfect. I just saw one where people are seeding gummy vitamins. I just made that up. Poisoning themselves. Oh, okay. I mean, that could be a new trend. <laughs> no, I can't find real vitamins at the store anymore. Everything you sell is gummy vitamins. You it's talked about adults Yo. becoming more adult-like, right? Didn't you say that earlier? No, 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 no. We are not adults anymore. There are no adults anymore. Not in What's 2020. <laughs> You're totally right. Check out this next story and all the adulting going on here. Snapchat has added a new barcode scanning capability only for certain products right now that lets you scan the item for more information. And I guess that's cool. Like the article talks about wine and those labels usually just tell a story and tell you nothing about the product. But the example in here is killing me. Andrew Hutchinson, bless his heart. We will have this in the show notes. He's got a picture of these bare apple chips. And he says in here, as you can see in this example, when you hold your finger on the screen when viewing a barcode for certain products, you'll now get a listing of nutrition information for that item. But look at this picture. The nutrition information is right next to the barcode that you're scanning. You do not need this feature for this. You don't need it. The nutrition info is right on the package. It literally <sighs> takes more time. Yes, absolutely. And it's a simplified version. It's like, this is bad because of the sugar. Like, if you don't know that, read a book and get off Snapchat. Okay. Wow. Back to <laughs> you tell them roasted <laughs> or go drink that wine bottle and don't scan that either. Just enjoy yourself. All right. Back to TikTok. <laughs> they are launching a new notification system to offer more clarity around content removals, which the platform said that in testing reduced the rate of repeat violations, which is great. So bottom line, if you're posting icky stuff in your video is removed, look forward to more information on why. Hopefully that's none of you. Finally, Facebook is launching a cloud gaming service focusing on streaming mobile games so users can go from seeing an app ad to playing the game without having to download anything. I think that's kind of a smart move. It could be very, very attractive to advertisers. But I also really love it because it's clearly made for gamers like myself and for Shep who prefer Words with Friends and Candy Crush. And Mark, I'm sorry, I keep talking about Shep and she's not here, but you're here. So are you a gamer? Because we have a lot in common and I don't know that we've discussed this yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's play some Guitar Hero. Oh, you're a real gamer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I stand down. (laughs) Speaking of gamers, I don't play any electronic games, but I play board games. And I had this idea of making like a board game. You're a gamer. Well, listen to this. And I was like, what if we made like a board game, like a custom board game, gave it away to all these people. Like we can make a marketing clock board game. There are all these ones, like a card game, right? And yeah, listen to this, right? So I talked to my wife, we play games probably every day, right? So we're playing this as I'm like, what if we made this a game and we could give it away? People would love it. We could just do it free. And my wife goes, I don't know if you know this or not, but we're losers and nobody likes games. So um, I stopped the idea. Wow. Well, I like That's, the idea. That At least you're really losers together. Story. <laughs> I don't think All you right, guys well, are I'll losers. I, I, would, I would play this game. That would be I so think, fun. Um, everyone reply on Twitter if you would play this game, please, or in the comments on YouTube. Yeah. Ooh, and then you could scan the barcode with Snapchat and it could no. tell you how to play the game. Because no. no. that's We're on the box. Physical. Well, physical instructions. <laughs> And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. If you remember earlier this month, back in early October, we had a marketing a talk roundtable on LinkedIn ads. And one of our points was talking about LinkedIn retargeting. 
And that episode is still up on podcast form and on YouTube featuring Andrea Cruz and AJ Wilcox and very, very good reviews. One of the most popular videos on search engine journals, a YouTube channel, and so much good feedback across the board. If you haven't listened to it, please listen to it. It may just change your life. <laughs> <laughs> like how LinkedIn skills targeting changed mine. <laughs> 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 and one of the big things that Andrea, AJ, and I were talking about is that LinkedIn web retargeting is really lacking. And for me, one of the features is being able to set a date range of, let's say, like people in the last 90 days. That's who I want to retarget to. You can really only segment by URLs, and then the audience just builds infinitely and never stops adding people or removing people. I discovered that if you have HubSpot and pay for marketing pro and have the ads um, feature that you can build your LinkedIn remarketing audiences in HubSpot. Like if your LinkedIn ads account is connected, you can just select a poll from the LinkedIn ads pixel and you can build audiences that have day enrollment periods. So you can do seven days, 14, 30, 90, 180. There's a few other options, but you have, actual date ranges to choose from, which I think is awesome. And that is so important because you don't want to be remarketing people who came to your site two years ago and haven't been back since. And I also looked into it. Marketo also has this, and I'm sure there are plenty of other marketing automation platforms with ads tools that have it. So if you're trying to do LinkedIn retargeting and you want to have enrollment date ranges and you're using one of those tools, check that out. Jess, what's going on in your accounts? So I just have a quick one this week, and it's an FYI for anyone that is trying to set an account spend limit on Facebook. When you set an account spend limit for the first time, it starts your spend at zero towards that limit, no matter what you've already spent in the account. It does not account for things that you have spent prior. So say you have a limit of $10,000, but you've already spent two before you set this up, you're gonna wanna set your limit at eight because it's going to start from zero. And another tidbit, if you already have one set up and you change it, then the previous spend since the initial setup is counted. It's really weird and wonky and just make sure that you're paying close attention and you actually watch that and look at the numbers. Once you set it up, make sure it's working the way you want because math. What about you, Greg? All right. So I'm kind of cheating this week, but there is one account on Twitter that I absolutely love and it whenever I read it, it makes me very happy. And I always learn something and I try to like craft tweets and social content in this format. And it's called Harry's marketing examples on Twitter at good marketing HQ. And I saw that they had an awesome thread out there where they asked people to submit your company landing page and that they would re rewrite it. So Harry would rewrite the page and he teamed up with Annie McGuire, one of the best copywriters in the business. And there's an entire thread of them rewriting landing pages. And it just made me recharged. You know how like sometimes you'd go to a conference and you'd get all this information or you hear something like a really good panel and it just charges you up. I got this from this thread and maybe we just need to have something on the show like tw a Twitter follow of the week or something. But this is a great thread and it just... It is so simple when you look at these examples of how you can like actually speak to the customer better instead of speaking to yourself and maybe your higher ups. It's just a phenomenal thread and everybody should check it out. <laughs> 
And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is Google Says from the team at Sandbox, and it offers a quick way to search for tweets from the Google team about specific topics like ranking or web vitals and more. It is super easy to use. You just choose one or more of the available Twitter sources, including Danny Sullivan's personal and search liaison accounts, which is cool, among others. And then you select a topic and bam, you get beautifully filtered Twitter search results for that topic from the Google team. It's really great. And not only is the interface a very beautiful and calming lavender color, but it's also a completely free tool. You need to sign up for an account, but there's no cost. So why wouldn't you do that? If you need a quick way to see what Google says, we will have the link in our show notes, or you can just head over to tools.sandboxweb.io and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from the one and only Lily Ray over on Search Engine Journal. And she, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it, has penned the most comprehensive post on EAT, aka EAT, that I've ever seen. It's called The Mechanics of EAT, How Google patents can help explain how eat works. And she goes on to talk about how does Google know who a site's authors are? Does Google only look at on-page factors and links to identify authors and experts? If Google can recognize entities contained in its knowledge graph, how to determine if a person is a brand or a real expert, if they're actually authoritative in their field? And how a website can be classified as your money or your life or the why I'm well. So she also finishes up with takeaways and speculation. And I, and I know she's got a lot of content over on the Search Engine Journal YouTube page as well. So don't miss that, but definitely don't miss this article. We appreciate it. And this is going to be my go-to whenever I'm telling anybody about EAT. So thank you, Lily. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Upfluence helps marketers streamline their influencer marketing campaigns so you can take your campaigns to the next level. Manage every aspect of your influencer campaigns in a single platform, from influencer discovery and outreach to relationship management and campaign tracking. Start streamlining your influencer marketing campaigns today. If you want to get Upfluence, go to get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J to get started. That is get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Hack, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack.
Jess, what do we have this week for the shoot and hack? This week we have everybody's favorite spooky game, just in time for the holidays. It is called Witch Costume is Fake. Get it? Like a witch. Ooh. <laughs> like a costume? Halloween? Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, it's a thinker. So in this game, I will <laughs> read off a list of costumes. These are taken from the Spirit Halloween site. I will read off four. One of them is made up. The other three are actually costumes that you can buy. And Jess, I really like that pun because I got a feeling that we'd actually need a broom here because it's going to be a sweep. Wow. <laughs> I'm oh, you, oh, I forgot you guys don't know sports. <laughs> No, but I just assumed you were going to clean up the floor with Mark. So for that cockiness, Mark, you get to go first. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No black magic here with you. (laughs) Wow, you guys are good. I was not prepared for puns. All right, here we go. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, I have to like be in the, I don't have to like prepare the puns, but I have to be prepared for puns. Okay, here is the first set of costumes, which is fake. Kids Cat Noir costume, Miraculous Ladybug. Kids Hugs the Clown costume, that's hugs with a Z. Kids Alien Abduction costume. And Kids Lavender Cadaver costume. Oh, I think I'm gonna go with Hugs the Clown because that's the one I least want to be real. No points for you, Lavender Cadaver. I wanted that to be real so bad, and it (laughs) sounded so fake, and I wanted it to be real. That was a great red herring, Jess. You really outdid yourself on that. Thank you very much. I wanted that to be real. (laughs) I knew it. It seems so inappropriate for a kid's costume, but I really, I really needed it to be real. (laughs) Sorry, maybe next year. All right, Greg, your choices are Adult mullet man costume, adult wild for blood mistress costume, adult camo cat suit costume, adult crypto keeper digital reaper costume. Ooh, I'm going between A and D there. So the mullet man and the crypto keeper. Um, but I'm going to go with mullet man because you'd say it, AKA the Mark Saltarelli, if that was the case. What is the answer? I planned this game so well. I made up Crypto Keeper Digital Reaper. Ah. No points awarded, which is exciting. Okay. I'm real. Mark, back to you. (laughs) All right, ready? Toddler faux fur flamingo ride-along costume. (laughs) Toddler easy sheet ghost get-up What? You're not allowed to laugh. I'm sorry. (laughs) Toddler Emerald Witch costume, the signature collection. Toddler Totally Skelebones one piece costume. I am so. I, I really was going to say the sheet one, but you really messed me up with your uncontrolled laughter. Who put a spell on you? What is your choice? I'm going to go with my gut because that's what they tell you in high school with multiple choice questions. I'm going to go with B. You're correct. <laughs> one 
point for Mark. This I can't believe you laughed that hard at your own joke. And my 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 response was if some moron is out there buying a sheet to make a ghost costume just end it now. Maybe, like, have you like, but <laughs> I could see someone buying that at Spirit. Like people it's just called- go there and they don't care and they spend way too much money. Yeah, it's called Easy Sheet, <laughs> which easy I thought sheet. was so funny. I was laughing when I was writing it. Okay, <clears throat> back to you, Greg. The Baby Whittle Werewolf with a W costume. Baby Fuzzy Duckling Belly costume. Baby Back Ribs. Uh- <laughs> I wonder which one it is. Baby back ribs, chili tot, and parent costume. <laughs> or baby UPS worker costume. C, the baby back ribs, the one. Just, just, I love how happy you make yourself. Like, it's genuinely amazing. I had so much fun with this. I only had like <laughs> 10 minutes to do it. And I just, I, sorry, I can't control myself. All right, perfect. You both got a point. So we get to do the tiebreaker. Oh, <clears throat> Ready? I'm going to do this one with composure. Adult bell wig prestige. Oh, so this is a tiebreaker. You guys have to buzz in. Is how we'll do it. Okay. Adult bell wig prestige, beauty and the beast. Red sinister wig, black Rat tail wig, <laughs> curly haired. D. 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 What are we laughing at right now? <laughs> well, that was not a treat. It was a trick. Those are all real. You both lose. I win. Oh. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> this show isn't real. <laughs> That was uh, now I know how they feel on SNL when they can't. Jess, how did you come up with such good names? I don't what know. Was I, was, I was feeling the bizarre. lavender cadaver. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> you really so outdid dumb. yourself. No, I, I, I loved you. that <laughs> so much. Oh my god! Okay. Um, uh, wait, in my research though, I found out that Spencer's own spirit. Oh yeah. I didn't realize that. I actually that. learned that at the last SCJE summit because somebody said that's what? where they were from in the chat. <laughs> that was my big takeaway from the conference. <laughs> what did you learn at the E summit? Greg, your laugh right now is so good. <laughs> Greg, it's, it sounds like you can't breathe. Like you are not. Like, I, I am like, concerned. I, I like that you went to the E Summit and you learned that that Spencer's <laughs> own spirit. <laughs> Check that out, January twelfth through the thirteenth, twenty twenty one. You might hashtag ad new. hashtag sponsored. Oh, I'm leaving that in. Please do. That in. Awesome. All right. Good love show, guys. guys. Bye. Appreciate you guys it. Kill Bye. Me. Yes, love you. <laughs> Bye.